Yo. Yo, hey guys. Welcome again to another edition, episode 23 of the Trench Life Podcast. Uh, today's going to be special podcast talking about Eastern Conference Championship, Western Conference Championships in the NBA. A special little... Uh, a special little finals preview as well. And because I have my co-host Armin with me today, and I know how much he loves the topic, and it is episode 23, we'll do an in-depth, in-depth analysis of uh, the GOAT debate between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, man. I don't want to trigger you now. How's it going, Armin? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? Not bad, not bad. I almost uh, almost gave you some nightmares there, huh? Yeah, I was like, like what are we t- <laughs> that was <Okay>. it. <laughs> no, 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 my favorite topic, but it, it, it does make sense though. Being the number twenty third episode, nevertheless, it's the one topic I hate the most. So, uh, you know what I hate the most is the the elevator music that this anchor app that we're using to record plays while I wait for you guys to come on the podcast. But hey, <laughs> but hey, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Armin? What's been up this week? I haven't spoken to you actually in the last two podcasts that we've done. We, uh, me and Eric, have been able to get together some uh, in some awkward hours to talk some ball as the playoffs go on. How have you been doing? Mm-hmm. I've been pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, busy with work and kids, and you know, kids are getting older. They don't want to sleep as early as they used to, so it's getting a bit, uh, yeah, those eight th- a little bit uh, more difficult. Those eight thirty uh, go to bed things aren't as realistic as they used to be, yes? No, especially when I, I'm I'm the one falling asleep before my kids. Yeah, that's gonna. You know, like, I think that's gonna be a pattern for the rest of your life. To, to, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> to be honest, I'm like it's, it's it's time to go to bed, Sophia. I Meanwhile, I'm the one that's falling asleep in her bed, and she's like jumping around and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, before we go into the, the main course, which is the NBA, because that's what's been going on right now, uh, following at all mm-hmm. the, the, the rap, the beef between Drake and Pusha T, are you interested at all in this? Because I'm super hyped. It's actually like made my week. It brought my love back for, for <laughs> hip hop. Uh, how about you? Anything with that? You've been listening to the shit I've been linking and stuff on? Uh... Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I definitely, uh, I'm enjoying it too. I thought that uh, Pusha T's last, uh, last uh, song was, was, it was a top one. It was the best one so far that we heard. Very personal, um, very personal so, stuff. It was like, yeah. it was like a those uh, where you like kind of feel weird that you're listening to it. Like you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was good. I, I'm enjoying it too. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to to hearing uh, how Drake comes back from that one, I, I thought he, I thought he had a good comeback one, yeah. and then, and then Pusha T just kind of put it up over the top of him. It's like Pusha T was like baiting him, right? Like he, he sent out yeah, little look. subliminals in his, uh, on his song and his album. Like he was kind of hoping Drake would respond because he had this already waiting for him or something. It felt like that. Yeah, in his, <laughs> he was like, he's like I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep this part in my back pocket for the next and one. The crazy part is of... he said like today I was reading uh, a thing. He, uh, he says he has like a lot more stuff that he could say, and he's just like holding it back. I can't wait. I'm I've been like going on Champagne Poppies. Uh, that's Drake's Instagram name. Uh, Instagram like every hour on the hour trying to see if he's uh if he puts a link to soundcloud or something and drops a i can't wait for this you know what i like about drake though the guy that a position that he's in he's like a 
a pop star, really, more than a, like a hip hop star. And like, he's got like 42 million Instagram followers. He's the probably top three artists right now, like in all genres of music. But he'll always like, he responds to this shit. I, I respect that. He like the sport of hip hop. He believes in it. You know, I don't care. I don't know if he's got ghost writers or not that I can't prove. But at least he puts himself out there. Like he's not intimidated. He's, he's going to go for it. Whereas there's a lot of guys that were on the top of their game. Like I could give examples. Let's say even Jay-Z at one point when he got a little too big, he wouldn't respond to anything. He'd just like be too uh, above it, you know? Yeah, which which I get. But at the same time, you're right. It is fun to sort of have the back and forth. And, and I love the fact that, you know, in, in, in his version, he sort of yeah, he talks about the fact that, you know, just him sort of responding is going to help <laughs> help get – Get him uh, should see some some listens and people sort of like uh, interested in what he's going to respond. Yeah, so, and that itself is uh, like a, a pretty major insult because like Pusha T is like over forty and has been in the game like twenty five years, and like Drake has surpassed him like twenty fold already. You know, so yeah, 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 no, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely interesting. I I mean, look, I'm not gonna say that I've been. Uh, I'm I'm deep in in what's going on. I understand every single lyric, but I do enjoy uh, I do enjoy what I'm hearing. It, it's fun to. It reminds me of 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 the hip hop that you know I grew up with a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so. yeah, it's part of the the hip hop culture. The the challenge, you know, challenge accepted. They go at it lyrically, uh, on uh, on with uh, like music. Not like I hope they don't go take it like violence like was going on. Uh, in the 90s, mm-hmm. we saw that with the East Coast, West Coast, and even some instances later than that. No, as long as it stays, like, on the mics and they just go at it like that, it's it's good for hip-hop in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm also hyped musically that uh, one of my favorite songs of all time, Total, uh, Total is the band, the song Africa, was uh, remade by Weezer, but that's just a personal thing. Really love that song. And I also liked Weezer back in the day. You you know Weezer? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, that's just like a little personal thing. Uh, let's go into Eric might join us, but we're gonna start with Adam. Let's go into the first series I want to talk about is the Eastern Conference Final that we saw between the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, it went to Game Seven. Obviously, LeBron James and the Cavs overcame. Armin, any thoughts on the series? Any thoughts on Game 7? Just give me basically your thoughts because you haven't spoken about this. Well, you spoke a little about it, I think, like three podcasts ago. But other than that, we haven't heard your opinions on this uh, on this series. Um, well, you know, a couple of pods before we, we, we talked about, you know, I kind of mentioned something like I feel like LeBron is playing the best basketball of his career. And you and Eric both said that, no, well, he's definitely taking a step back. I, I don't see it honestly. Like I, I kind of, I kind of likened it a little bit to like you know when Jordan the, the last three championships that Jordan had, he sort of like perfected that, that post fadeaway shot, that and a, he just sort of changed his game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I kind of liken it towards that. It's not that he's athletically better, but he's a better basketball player, and. Um, you know, I, I know that he had some obvious lapses on on defense, uh, even in Game Seven. Like he uh, he didn't chase down uh, uh, Jalen Brown, I think, on a screen and sort of left him on a wide open three. Was, some strange moves, especially in the beginning of that game. But you can tell he just sort of understands 
magnitude of the game and like um, how it's going to play out and, and sort of how he needs to sort of uh, pace himself a little bit yeah. to be able to do some of the things he does uh, later on in the game. Yeah, interestingly uh, enough, they were talking about that exact thing uh, on the Simmons pod. I don't know if you heard it about the Jalen Brown leaving Jalen Brown open and not that chasing him down on three-point attempts. Did you hear that part? Uh, no. Oh, anyways, they were basically is- saying that LeBron was probably thinking like, I'm just going to like leave him alone till he hits like two, three in a row. As long as he keeps on missing, I'm not wasting my energy. And uh, Jalen Brown just kept on missing. So LeBron said, fuck it. I'm just going to conserve my energy. Hey, I'll leave him. <laughs> <laughs> but in the beginning, like it felt like Boston was going to, was sort of like, like it, watching the game, it felt like Cleveland was, was, uh, much colder than Boston was, although really statistically they were both both teams were very cold. But it just felt like uh, Cleveland was missing more shots and really not really getting good flow on offense in particular. And um, it just felt like the energy that Boston was going to get off their crowd was was, was going to sort of propel them. But it's like every game feel it felt like that, and every game you know not maybe not every game, but so many times we've seen in this playoff how LeBron just sort of in that second half, really takes it to a, a different level. And what I like about LeBron more than anything else is that he just um, – he knows when to take over and he knows when uh, – he knows the fact that he has to – he needs his teammates to sort of um, carry him over the top. So he continuously feeds them, continuously makes, like, the right play. And there are times throughout his career where he's been criticized for sort of, like, passing up a shot for the right play. But – Man, like no, but now I think he found like the perfect balance between that. I think back then when he was criticized more, he would like be hesitant to make a play himself and then pass it off as oh I'm just doing the right basketball play. Whereas now when it's time mm-hmm. for LeBron to go to work, he goes to work. He tries to get his play his team involved, but he knows like sometimes he's gotta put the team on his back, you know. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Actually, you know what? Like that's that's what I mean about him being playing the best basketball of his career. Like you can see, like he's just at a different level. The the only weakness he has really is free throws. I don't know why he's. Uh... I have no idea what's up with the free throws either. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it's fatigue. I can't. I have no idea what's going on with his free throws. Yeah, uh, it's it is a bit strange, especially <laughs> like uh, in big moments even, but. Regardless, like that game seven at the end of the day, it's it was just incredible to watch, and um, I think I think we've we've reached a point of his career where you know there's a lot of people that just sort of grew up not liking him. I'm not a LeBron fan by any means, but I, I in the last few seasons I definitely appreciate what he's what he does, and I appreciate that you know it's greatness. We're watching greatness, and the more we can watch of of him doing. Uh, what he's been doing, especially in this playoff run, the, the better it is for basketball fans, I find. So I agree 100%. Um, As for me, I think what changed the, the pendulum for me, uh, I'm a notorious, I was, I was a notorious LeBron hater, but now I kind of like, kind of uh, gentler, more nice about LeBron, the whole conversation. I think it's uh, mostly because of that comeback in the 2015 finals. That was like incredible. And uh, not only that, I find online, like on the internet, I think that LeBron haters have gotten more annoying than LeBron lovers. 
and I just like <laughs> I tend to side more with people that actually like LeBron than people that blindly hate him. No matter what he does, he could, you know, he could turn like the he could walk on water, but the haters would say, "Oh, well, that's the reason because he can't swim." You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. Yeah, I see. I see exactly what you mean because it's it's just it's swung too far one way, and and then just like wait a minute. What are we talking about here exactly? Like this guy is incredible, and uh, we probably won't see a guy. And, and that's why I hate the uh, LeBron and, and Michael comparisons because really, they're not the same player. So what are we comparing exactly? It's hard. Like, Listen, I, you're like, right. You're right, hundred percent. It shouldn't be compared. Uh, it's ridiculous. They played in different eras. They never played against each other. They played different styles. Uh, they're two totally different players. It shouldn't be an argument, but it's an appealing argument. People want to know who's the goat. They know it's between one of these two guys and everybody wants to have a strong opinion about which guy it is. Usually if you get a guy that grew up with LeBron and saw LeBron and didn't see Jordan, they're going to say LeBron's the best ever. <laughs> Just like we saw Jordan and usually we were on Team Jordan, uh, guys our age range. Or just like people yeah. like before us probably say Bill Russell's the best ever, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or, or Magic Johnson, you know. Yeah, but that's that's my point. It's like yeah, this no, is just right. opinion, right. it doesn't go anywhere because no. you create arguments both ways, and it just it always makes sense. Any argument either side makes sense. Like I, you know, I heard the argument I think on on one of the Simmons pods where they're like, well, if Jordan played uh, LeBron one on one both in their primes, he would not be able to defend LeBron. Well, I get it, maybe. Yeah, but but how yeah, do we but, know? But we'll I think never, I heard that one, and I think. I think it was Simmons that was saying you'd have to, you'd have to think that Jordan would probably be stronger now if he was playing in this day and age, which I agree as well, right? Well, anyway, it's a stupid argument. We're not going to start arguing who would win one on one between like Jordan and LeBron. Yeah. Even I don't want to argue that. Who has a fucking clue who would win one on one? You know exactly. <laughs> I don't think uh, yeah. he probably wouldn't be able to stop each other. To be honest, that it would be just the last guy that has the last possession for the last point wins. Yeah, uh, I mean exactly. That's the way. But at, at the end of the day, there are two. They're two of the best players that I've ever ever well, seen. What a segue! No... You just said best players, and uh, look who's on the podcast with us. Oh, <laughs> what's up, boy, Eric? <laughs> I like that intro. I like that intro. Armin with the professional <laughs> segue, just talking about best uh, players ever. He should have just added fantasy players, and you would have known it's you right away. What? Well, and you know, funny <laughs> enough, going? I just made my coaching. I just made my coaching debut today, and uh, just so we got the <laughs> Yeah, so we were just uh, you're you're uh, you're pursuing a coaching career. And what sport are we talking here? Well, under uh, eight year old girls. Under U8, under maybe. girls. U eight under eight under eight girls under eight, <laughs> under eight girls. What soccer? Yeah, not bad, not bad. What do you got them playing? Like the four four two? It's like run where the ball the is. <laughs> <laughs> actually, now uh, that I know that though. you know, yeah, actually, I always knew you knew your soccer. We're gonna have to heavily depend on you for the World Cup update. I'm planning on doing on the Trenchlift podcast. Yeah, yeah, a lot of I don't know. I don't know it that well. We need. We're gonna need to get just goals on it. I need. Uh, I need in-depth uh, analysis of all uh, of all the teams in the in the World Cup. 
<laughs> start start doing start doing your research. <laughs> no, uh, Eric, uh, as you joined us, we were just talking about the uh, conference final, the Eastern Conference. We started with the East, Boston and uh, and Cleveland. Obviously, LeBron and the Cavaliers overcame Game Seven in Boston. Uh, what did you think? Like, what were your your impressions on Game Seven? I guess because we spoke about this series like pretty thoroughly in two podcasts. What did you think about the Game Seven, though? Oh, fuck, it was LeBron being LeBron, man. He was incredible. Have you seen his Game 7 stats? Yeah, his Game 7 stats are bananas, dude. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Even just facing elimination games, it's just... It, it definitely eliminates the, like, the hater sort of, like, thought process that he's not clutch. Like, clearly, like, uh, that, that, I mean, I don't know, uh, I don't know if you know that he had the number on, on hand, but I know it's incredible, like, his numbers in Game 7s. In elimination games, he's is it elimination game? He's never lost. He's a never game lost seven. a game seven. Yeah, he's never lost a game seven. Uh, he's like, uh, I think five. Are you sure about that? Wow, yeah, I didn't he's never know lost that. a game seven. No, he lost. He lost against the Celtics. Yeah, uh, the Paul Pierce, uh, Garnett guys, you know. Did that go yeah. to seven games? I feel like that was a game seven. No, oh, maybe not. I think it was in Boston, so maybe it was a game six in Boston. No, but that, that, their first time they were a one seed, so Boston was. Anyways, oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he has lost. I, anyways, I, the, the stats though, his actual like stats are ridiculous. I'm gonna have to Google search the uh, whole wins loss record, but still pretty impressive. Yeah, they were they were they were super impressive, but at the end of the day, we see their limitations, like. They're not that great of a team. This is like people are saying it's like the weakest team LeBron's led to the finals since 2007. And probably, not probably, but maybe even worse than the 2017. Especially when you take Kevin Love out of the equation. I don't know. I haven't heard, I haven't heard if, he's playing, uh, if he's playing game one against Golden State. We know Iguodala isn't. I think this game was very winnable by Boston. And I kind of like. I know, like, Brad Stevens is, like, definitely I would want him as my coach on uh, my team. He's a great coach. But I think he kind of, like, fucked up. Like, Tatum had it going, man. They should have been feeding Tatum in that fourth quarter. And I think Boston would have ended up winning because Cleveland was struggling to score. I, I, I think that Tatum could have could have gotten them, like, at some points where they were just letting Rozier chuck up threes and missing threes and Marcus Smart chuck up threes. I, don't I really think letting. it was a winnable game. Like, I, I I think they should have just kept on feeding Tatum. Yeah, but there was a point where both teams couldn't score, but you're right. There was when Tatum got that dunk, and then he hit it. He followed it up with a three, right? Like, a 30 seconds later or something like that. They should have started working towards him. I don't even know if he took a shot after that. No, I, no, I did no not. he did not take a shot after that, actually. <laughs> Which is and even, even the yeah, well, I think you know, it is you because take a time out, you say, "Hey guys, you know this guy here? He's like the best player by far. Maybe you should give him the ball more." You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think even you coaching was... the under eights would uh, would do something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it was like keep it up, scary Terry. <laughs> keep on shooting, man. <laughs> One of them's Mar- gonna. Him and Marcus Smart were making terrible decisions. Terrible decisions. You know who terrible the big decisions. winner was in that. Series Kyrie Irving in game seven. Kyrie Irving was the big winner because now he's like, My job is secured, no way I'm getting traded. You know, 
they were talking like uh, they should trade Kyrie and start Scary Terry with Marcus Smart. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> nah, it's just people talking just because they see things that are going on. I think the Boston, the Celtics really went further than than they really should have based on the talent that they had, and. But you you need Kyrie. Like Kyrie takes team, I think, to the next level. And you know, Hayward coming back next year too. I, I want to talk about also another moment in that game. I agree that Mar- that uh, Brad Stevens had made some weird decisions, not only about like play calling, but even like I think around the four minute mark, four minutes left in in the uh, fourth quarter, he took out Jalen Brown and brought Terry Rozier back in. Like I'm not sure what he expected out of Terry Rozier with the way he was playing, but. That was so weird. Like, well, Jalen Brown like, didn't have a good game bad, seven right? either, to tell you the truth. Yeah, but I'll no, I know he's a big guy. Exactly, he wouldn't be a mismatch. Like, keep keep Rozier out. You have five guys who would switch on LeBron, and you know, at least you can do something. Uh, I just felt like that well, was a I weird move. Le- I, mean, he I brought- find that LeBron didn't really take advantage of those switches during Game Seven. He took advantage of it through the series, but in Game Seven, was he really abusing Rozier? There, it didn't seem like it. Well, at first, no, he was like not as jumpers over Rozier, right? So, and then I think he was just pacing himself, man. He knew he was playing forty-eight minutes, so back-to-back games, forty-eight minutes. Fuck yeah, he's like that old lion, guy. man, just fucking sitting back, watching what's going on, <laughs> <laughs> letting letting the females hunt until, until they start to, until the prey starts to get. Away yeah. <laughs> Jeff Green and, and the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I know Armin. Let's we're doing this segue pretty brutally, but I saw in the notes you wanted also wanted to talk about things like LeBron switching up on Rozier and taking advantage of that, right? Yeah. What did you want to talk? Well, I, just, I, I just find like what? How do you defend? No, before you like, move on. LeBron's game seven record is five and two. It's what? Five and two. Eric? Sorry, I didn't catch that. I said LeBron's game seven record is five and two. Huh. Five and two. It's not undefeated, but it's still pretty so, damn good. Still pretty good. Yeah, plus with his numbers, like he's he's done his part, you know. He hasn't always had that these amazing teams, so no, especially I think he's one role, that's what it was. He's one five in a row, maybe? Yeah. yeah, I think I heard that too. I think I heard that too. Yeah, so Armin, so, how do you stop that basically is what you're asking? Yeah, so basically like watching these playoffs, like both Houston and and uh, Houston and, and uh, Cleveland, they, they, they work that offense. Not only them, but like mostly them, in, in, you know, they're the ones that are, show up the most obvious one. They just do these, sc- these screener roles and – I find that like Golden State in Game Seven, I thought, that, especially at the end of the game, they're fighting through those screens much more, and it sort of helped delay the inevitable that was going to happen, like the inevitable matchup, and make it lower than the shot clock. But normally, like, how do you, as a defense, what do you do to defend that? Uh, I just want to sort of throw it out there as a topic. Like, what do you guys think? I think for me personally, I think that's why uh, the trend kind of in the NBA is like positionless basketball. And you just get like five guys that are between six three and like six ten with like big wingspans and you just switch everything and like Yeah, but you're not gonna take away Rozier and Steph Curry out of the game. Either. Well yeah, but you know, like guys like Rozier, okay, maybe they'll be out of the game, but guys like Steph that are so exceptional at offense, they're always gonna find a place like in the game, right? 
He, no, but he's talking about how you eliminate that mismatch. Uh, okay, well, well if there is a mismatch, how do you eliminate it? That there's, I don't know. There's no way for me. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I know Boston does this type of. They were trying to do some type of like special like switch that they were talking about, but it didn't really work out with the Rozier LeBron problem. Eric, you have any ideas with this? Well, I think the the only way to do it is you help instantly. Once he if he goes to the post, you try and help. If he stays up high, you play. You just play straight up D, and you you know you hope for the best, and you help on the drive, and you try to make him shoot over you, and you live with the shot, right? With LeBron, I mean, he's, I mean, LeBron's improved his shot, but he's not he's not a lockdown shooter, right? So oh yeah, obviously with that LeBron, and you hope for the best. Yeah, and if he gets tired, you know, you take advantage in the end. If he goes, if he rolls in the post hard. You have to help off the weak side right away and then make the rotation as easy as possible for Rozier, right? So, Yeah, but, like, I know, like, uh, you know, after, you know, obviously, uh, as a Clipper fan, we have to play the Warriors, uh, I think, what, four times a year. And every time we play the Warriors, it's always, you know, they kind of do the same thing against Clippers. Use uh, DeAndre Jordan with Steph Curry on him. And with Steph Curry, it's like – they Steph wants to shoot that three, and that three obviously is a huge like momentum boost for them. It's like there's nothing you could do. <laughs> it's like he gets, he gets Jordan on him, and he just sort of like steps back and like drains three after three over over him. I, anyways, I just, when I watch it, it kind of annoys me. I get it. I get why they do that, but it's still like uh, um, I don't know. It's I'm like the most frustrating is when the screen is not even hard and they do the switch right away. Like fight, fight through with the screen at least. I think that you got to do that at least a little bit. Yeah, I, that's what. Oh, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead, Eric. No, no, yeah, that's what's frustrating about Golden State. I find like soft ass screens, and I find like a lot of times like Steph will like go straight up and play him rather than try and force him back out to the other way. You know what I mean? And they play hard or whatever. I don't know. It annoys me. It fucking annoys me. Although Steph did play good defense towards the last like four games, he didn't get abused like he did in games one and. Two. One thing I could say about Steph is when I watch the Warriors, it's not like he's a lazy defender. He try like he tries. He's just not the greatest defender, but he gives his heart. Like it's not like Harden, who like obviously like some plays just doesn't give a fuck. Like Steph gives a fuck. It's just that he. I thought Harden played pretty good. No, defensively like, he got a couple of steals. But he took a lot of plays. A couple of blocks, too. A couple of blocks. But he took some plays off, I found. You know what Steph does? He does these, like, as if he's playing. Like, sometimes, you know, Steph, he gets sloppy on offense. Same thing on defense. He tries these, like, dumb steals. Like, that's not going to work, man. You're not playing fucking 15-year-old. <laughs> that's what's about him. Like, he'll go, like, really hard and try and reach for that steal. But it's not It's not how it works, man. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. It's like, like an NBA 2K, like, uh, swipe, like uh... a... <laughs> Yeah, I do that all the time. Love that shit. Yeah, multi. <laughs> you just you just see your player sort of taking a big swipe at the ball and like uh... you look like E Honda from Street Fighter. You know that sumo guy when he's doing. That. <laughs> it's so annoying. One thing man. we don't see anymore, like barely in the playoffs, is double teams. Like now with all the shooters on the floor, you barely see it. Like, I remember back in the day, that's all you'd see. Like, the best player, he gets double teamed. Not nobody gets double teamed. Yeah, I, I, Austin, Kevin Durant Austin didn't did get it. double teamed. LeBron, uh, LeBron James didn't get double teamed. James Harden, uh, who got that? Nobody gets double teamed. 
Boston did it a few times. I saw them very kind of, rarely they, though. And even even Cleveland, but not. It wasn't really to double to like. Uh, it was like a pressure uh, double, get the like ball. all of a sudden, like a surprise attack. You know. Is that that that's a, that's because of all the shooting out there, right? It's crazy how the game has changed. Like we're seeing it right before our eyes. Like I don't even know if I like it better or not, but it's it's like super interesting. Yeah, it's interesting in terms of how it's changed. Personally, like watching it, I, I'm not a. I, I. It makes me cringe at times. But I guess maybe a, you're a purist. As a, you're a purist. As a purist. Yeah. But like, it, I get it at the same time. But like, you know, like the Warriors against the Rockets. At least, I think in Game Six, their strategy was basically like, don't let, don't let the other guys beat you. Like, don't, don't. Um, jump in the lane to help a drive and, and allow a kick out to a wide open three. They were like defending that pretty well. And so you can see that that's the, that's a big change. You know, it used to be, you have to defend the best player and focus on them. They're focused more on not letting the others get going. It's crazy. Yeah. But don't forget, Michael Jordan, you should shoot like 30 fucking times a game. So yeah, it was like, yeah, but the best player beat you, but yeah, he was getting 30, 35 shots off. So was Kobe, all these guys, like they were volume shooters. So I don't know if that's necessarily, True, like, oh, don't let the other guys... Yeah, but back then you had two guys that legitimately could score. And you had three other guys that, like, basically, you know, were just there. On most teams. teams. No, I know there's exceptions, obviously. Don't tell me, oh, yeah, the Showtime Lakers. But I'm saying on most teams. No, you're right, Eric. You're right. But it's just that the way it is, like, now it's like those other guys are all three-point shooters or they're all waiting at the three-point line sort of thing. So it's like you're defending... You know, you're you're just you're not the you're not dropping in as much. At least what that's what the Warriors do. At least that's what I noticed from that game six in particular. It was pretty, it was pretty uh, evident. I thought. But don't you think? What's funny that first. now is we're open to drive the lane, right? Technically, because there's a lot more space, but yeah. they just take more threes. So it's weird. Whereas back then, they say, "Oh shit, it was so much harder to drive back then," but th- because you get fouled in the lane, but they were driving like crazy. <laughs> that's it. Just. Yeah. It's just funny the way it is. It's true. I never thought about it like that. I never thought about it like that. Well, like the, the way the game's changed, like like people rip Ben Simmons for like not being able to shoot or not being able to shoot a three. You know, thirty years ago when <laughs> the guy he's most compared, the guy he's most compared to Magic Johnson, he did, he didn't shoot a three, and no one even complained nothing about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, like you know, like Armin, but when I got in the league, the three didn't exist. Yeah. But and nobody mentions like Ben Simmons is like legit almost seven feet, <laughs> you know. And like people are like, "Yeah, this guy can't shoot a three; he's garbage." <laughs> it's crazy how the bar has changed, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, the Warriors really changed that, brought it to another level. Yeah, the but, Warriors, like, go, the Warriors, and Steph Curry revolutionized basketball. I'll be the first to say that. Yeah, they did. And what's crazy is that, but if you think about it, we're like, oh, back in the day was so much better. We sure as hell aren't mentioning the year of the 2000s because that was awful basketball. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, when Tim Duncan is the face of the league and he's an incredible player, but it's just... No, but Shaq and Kobe were winning too. Yeah, Shaq Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, you're right. It was ugly basketball though. The the Spurs, at least they they were a ball movement team. So that's what was great about them, so... Well, maybe not Back the then, they stages. weren't the ball movement team. Yeah, you're right. Not the early stages of Spurs, but uh, late 2000s, they really turned it on, man, honestly. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. The thing that's most changed, 
uh, is like the centers too. Like a guy like Greg Monroe, who's like the almost the last guy on the bench with Boston. And this guy's like practically an automatic double-double a game, but there's no value in that because he can't defend the pick and roll. It's hard for him to switch on guys. Like it, the value to me of a big man has gone like, unless he's like super athletic, <laughs> they're worth nothing now. It's like uh, back in five, six years ago when running backs took like a deep dive, you know, and people were saying, ah, oh, you could get one in the third <laughs> round. Like, I don't know why the Suns are even thinking about drafting Aiton. I, like, he could be a guy that you can't even play in a close game with five minutes left. No, but he could shoot. That's the difference. That's the difference. Now you, you got seven footers that could shoot. Well, or at least that could take you off the dribble, right? Like, before Magic Johnson in the 80s was like, whoa, Magic Johnson, he's a 6'9 point guard. Well, now there's Ben Simmons, there's KD that can bring up the ball. There's a lot of guys like that. Yannis so plays, he's like seven feet. He's playing point guard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the guy's taking layups from the three-point line, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of guys. It is true. It is a true. lot more skill, man. For me, I prefer this type of basketball than even the 90s and all that stuff. I mean, I, I didn't really watch the 80s, so I'm 90s on, so... For me, this is the most fun. It leads to a lot of blowouts, sure, but it's not fucking stopping all the time, and it's it's just different. I, and I love the fact that they remove some timeouts. You, the the game's a lot. Yeah, faster. especially no, like the last back. like five minutes goes a lot smoother than it used to. Yeah, for time. sure, for I sure. But uh, I think the living by the three, dying by the three, really hurt the Rockets and the. And the Celtics in these two games because they both were hor- horrendous from three. Uh, I thought that maybe, especially Houston, could have like changed it up a little and tried other things. Like especially when it was like at one point they had missed I don't know how many in a row. Twenty-seven <laughs> in a row. Like how do you, as James Harden, you're the superstar, you're the MVP. I don't understand why Eric Gordon is the one to be driving to the basket, getting fouled. James Harden should have tried to take control of that game, man. Well, don't forget, man. The Warriors had something to do with that, too. They were playing. I know people are complaining about some of the fouls, whatever. That's just. No, I think that guy, honestly, I linked up on our uh, Facebook uh, group there, the basketball group. Yeah. This guy from Reddit did a whole thing. I thought that was, like, pretty accurate, actually. It was pretty even at the end of the day. Well, it always is, though. I mean, look, sometimes it favors one team a little more than another. Sure. But in the course of a series, it, it evens out for sure. Right. Man, come on. And uh, in the end, the, the, I mean, the only thing, the only reason the Rockets could really use is not having Chris Paul. Besides that, I mean, that's just basketball. Like, they, they really, they took, a, they had open shots. They were just off. And the reality is the Warriors, when they come out and play like that, it doesn't matter if Chris Paul's playing. That's how they should be playing. When they come out like they did in the first half, which they do too often, they get fucking crushed. I don't know, man. I think that uh, this Warriors team this year is the one that's like the most vulnerable that we've seen in all the four appearances of the final. And it's just a shame that LeBron doesn't really have like a good team to challenge them because they, they just have mental lapses. They go like they go like. 40 out of 48 minutes of games, like, playing terribly. And then they, like, turn it up for eight minutes and, like, they win by 15. <laughs> but that's, that's the worst. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, so we're saying this is – what's the best Warriors team? Last year's, I guess? I guess last year's because yeah. of KD, but it's not my favorite Warriors team. Okay, so between last year and this year, what's the difference? Seriously. It's them. The difference? It's not – like, I don't yeah, – it's more- 
even the way that they play, I find in the first half, the, you don't see that ball movement type of thing that they're known for. Like it, it was, it's them yeah, more than anything else. The players, well, no, but that was by design. That was by design. Apparently, they wanted the they wanted the KD ISO. I don't know why, but no, that, not that in was, the first half. Yeah. Well, why though? Not in Game Seven. You mean early in the series, not in Game Seven. Yeah, not in Game Seven. I'm saying in general. No, but that, but you know what? When they're running those plays, the Rockets are also kind of reading them, and they. It's like sometimes you. I find, give the ball to Steph, let him make decisions. No, but you know, and just no, but in Game Seven they ran those KD ISO plays too. It's just that they were going in, so people nobody complains when they're going in. You know? No, they were going in in the second half. They were all on fire at that point, Claudio. <laughs> They were on. Once Steph really started fucking hitting shots, they all just like, they all got pumped like big time. Like KD's like, all right, I'm a fucking play. He started hitting shots. Then Clay comes in in the fourth. He starts hitting shots. Like it's just contagious. I, I knew it was over when fucking Swaggy P hit that three. I said that's it. They got the contribution they needed. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, actually. When I saw that, they brought him within five. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and then when Steph starts hitting those shots, when he launched that one on the fast break, not the two baseline, like he came on a fast break, Draymond just dropped it off and he launched it from 30 feet. I was like, wrap it up. It's a that wasn't Draymond. That was Jordan Bell. No, no, no. Dr- Draymond brought the ball up off a nice defensive play. Oh. Off and he sh- launched it from 30 feet. You're talking about the two baseline. I'm talking oh, about the- Middle, basically near the middle of the three-point line. He just launches thirty feet. Forward. I love that play <laughs> with that Jordan Bell, though. That that. Oh, I love that. I, I think when, once when it I saw was that with play. Looney and once it was with Bell, right? No, both, both with Bell. both with Bell. Oh yeah, I the one in particular play. between his legs, sort of like dropped it off. Like uh, like the first Bell's one was Bell. an illegal screen. They were saying that was Bell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, oh, anyways, that's like yeah. a sick play. Like, I want to do that in 2K, and I want to do it like all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a gutsy pass, man, between the legs for a second round rookie. Fuck. Yeah. Well, okay, the who Golden just, State who just missed a dunk. Who just missed a dunk like two plays before? Yeah. No, seriously. Props to him, man. He looked that, a play like a play like that. I find to be defined defines the Warriors as I know him. You know, like. Making that extra pass, making the the you know having as much fun making the pass as they do, sort of making a shot, and and that to me was missing for a large part of the series. And credit to Houston, I thought Houston's defense for the majority of the series was really really outstanding. Oh, they the which fuck is out not of me too. They're known for. Yeah. Which is not something that they're known for. So I th- I thought they did really really well, and probably you know. This is probably their best chance. So it's it's kind of it's. Yeah, unless they get like LeBron in the offseason, but uh, I thought they were they, they presented a good challenge. I thought to Houston, uh, to Golden State. Apparently, yeah, reports they... are saying Chris Paul's already uh, trying to recruit LeBron. Yeah, I saw that. So I saw we that. could be seeing that they got to get rid of Ryan Anderson's contract, though. I don't know how that's going to work out for them. I think they owe him like twenty million plus or something. Yeah, yeah, but you know that they're losing like eight players, right? Like Trevor Ariza is a free agent. Uh... So it was Capella. Trevor Ariza with the zero points in 45 minutes, that guy. That was disgusting. <laughs> but at, the same time, at the same time, this guy's guarding Kevin Durant. And he, he was pretty good. He, all series. I thought he was pretty damn sharp. I love Trevor Ariza, man. Drafted by the Knicks. You never should have let that guy go. 3 and D. 3 uh, and D. I hope the Warriors get him, man. 
that's what the Warriors need. A guy that could hit a three here and there, although I know it's the wrong time to mention him hitting a three. But uh, <laughs> Maybe you could get him for cheap deep. now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, I think even Scary Terry would look good in a Warriors uniform, no? Yeah, but with maybe the Warriors, right here. Maybe. the Warriors need these defenders, man. Guys that grind it out and can hit a Bruce Bowen types and shit like that. Well, why is Sim- why is Simmons pushing uh, the clay leaving thing so much? Or why does he know something? Yeah, he keeps on saying it. Like I don't know. Everybody that he's had on his podcast, like, just like acts like, well, why would the fuck would they do that? Whenever he says it, but he keeps on <laughs> pushing it. You know, because he's a trade junkie. Like, well, what if trade junkie? That's what he is. I mean, that's how stupid would that be? Oh, it's time to get rid of Clay. I, they just made it the four players in a row. And then, like, they like, ask they him why. Them. They ask him why. And they go, oh, all good things must come to an end. But why? Like, what? <laughs> like, why force it to end? Just, like, keep it going. Well, <laughs> what I find funny is that it's like, okay, yeah, they just went to game seven. Their 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 team is not deep. They got yes, they got the four all stars. Obviously, that's more. That's all you need. But they still played a sixty five win team. <laughs> yeah, it's the first uh, first finals in a, quite a while. I, I don't remember the year that a number one seed isn't in it. Oh really? Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, because you got uh, Cleveland was number four, I believe, and uh, Golden State was number two for the number one seed. I think we'll just go on and talk about the. Uh, the final a little. Uh, I think it starts up Thursday night. Tomorrow night, we're recording this Wednesday evening. Uh, Gadala's out. Not too sure about Kevin Love. Uh, overall, your impressions on this series, Eric? Well, you're the Golden State fan. What are you thinking? Is this going to be a sweep? Tough series? What do you think? I think I'll give LeBron one game. Pity game? Uh, just LeBron. He could pull off a game. Maybe but... like game four, just so they don't get swept. Something like that. Something historical, just like last year where they, like, break the three-point record in a game or something like that. <laughs> it's a bad matchup for them, man. Honestly, there's no one to guard Steph Curry in this in this final. So, this is a shot opportunity for Steph to win a finals MVP, maybe. I think they're and, bringing uh, out the Turkish sensation, uh, Seti Osman, to guard the Steph. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, fucking sword. <laughs> uh, Ar- Armin, any pre- any predictions? How do you think this series is going to go down? It's hard to get excited for this because I think all three of us realistically know that the Warriors are going to pound them in like four or five. But let's just – any analysis, anything wow. you think uh, we should watch out for or something? Well, I think first thing, I'm, I'm glad like the NHL uh, finals are sort of like alternating. Like their, their game is on tonight. It's 3-2 Washington after two periods. So it's good to have sort of like, you know, uh, I'll watch the finals one night. We'll watch uh, NHL finals one night. We'll watch NBA finals. And at least we get something sort of like on a daily basis. So I'm glad to see that. As far as analysis, I, I just find that when the Cavs won that, that Boston series, LeBron gave it everything he had. And he must be like <laughs> in an ice tub like for every day since that since that uh, uh, game seven. And I think that uh, I don't know if he'll be able to muscle uh, enough to sort of get back into like re-energize himself again for the final. I know it's the finals. He should, he should be able to, if you think about it, man, he'll give as much as he gave and to just be like, okay, well, in three days or four days from now, 
get ready to do it all over again and really it, mu- it must be difficult and I don't think he has uh, the supporting cast to be able to really compete. Uh, you know, Golden State would have to really, Golden State would have to lose games more than it would be like uh, the Cavs winning them, you know what I mean? Like they'd have to sort of play like the first half against Houston and game seven, like they would have to play that the whole series in order for Cleveland to have a chance. Yeah. You know what? I can't even add anything to that. I agree with like both of you. I think it's going to be probably Golden State in four or five. I'm just hoping for some like really close games along the way. I don't even see that happening, but at least maybe we could see some like crazy LeBron shit and crazy Steph shit. Uh, like I want to see like 50 point games from LeBron. I want to see like Steph hitting threes from everywhere, going on fire and stuff like that. I guess that's all we can ask for. Claudio, what do you guys think of, like, after watching Houston put up a great fight, obviously, you know, then could have just as easy as taken that, have taken that series. Last year, I bring it back. So, I'm like, why why did Cleveland lose in five to this team? Why why couldn't you push through, you know? Like, now everyone's talking about how lucky Golden State was. Kawhi got hurt game one in the semis. Like, why couldn't Cleveland get more than one game last year? I just don't get it. Like, if I look at the trios, right? Would you take LeBron, Kyrie, Love, or Harden, Gordon, Paul? Who are you going to pick as a trio? Harden, Gordon, Paul. Harden, Gordon, Paul. Or LeBron, Kyrie, Love. Like yeah, LeBron, Kyrie, Love. Yeah, I don't even, even think you put Gordon up there as a trio. Like, he's just a, some, he's a good player to have, but he is like you don't put him as like a big three type guy. But I know what you're saying. Okay. You're saying basically. Yeah, but my point is Capella. I would put Capella ahead of like Gordon. You know. What do you mean? Gordon's been great, dude. I thought uh, Capella is better than Gordon, but Capella's probably fine, gonna fine, sign a max fine, deal. Fine, Gordon's fine, gonna audio. be lucky if he signs for like ten mil a year. You realize that Capella was playing like besides Game Seven and Six when he had no choice, he was playing like fucking fifteen minutes a game, right? Like they were taking him. Yeah, up but they were stupid on... to do that because you know what? In Game Seven, if they would have kept like feeding Capella, lobbing it to him, James Harden working pick and rolls and stuff, they could have maybe stayed in the game when they were missing twenty-seven threes in a row. Fine, add Capella, make it a you know four guys. I like Gordon. Don't get me wrong. I uh, don't think I'm dissing him. I think he's. Uh... He showed a lot of hard, yeah, especially. No, but the point is, these guys put him to brought him to Game Seven. Golden State's the same team, except minus Iggy, obviously, which that hurt. But last year, I think it's. Know, uh, why, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, and I have the answer. Do more because I find the excuses were made out for LeBron last year, and I mean, I, I love LeBron. I'm not a hater at all. Like, hey, I, hey. I love his game, but but point being is like they make all these excuses oh he never jordan's never played a tough team lebron had to play the Warriors. well fuck you had Kyrie and love it's not like you were just basically you know draymond was the difference is that's what we're saying in this and i mean i find you could you know tristan thompson could do you know some place he plays d grabs boards he's a dennis rodman ish not you know uh a poor man's version. I mean, why couldn't they do anything? Uh, first of all, let me answer that question because I think I know the answer. I think the the reason Houston was more competitive, first of all, they're deeper. Like, you could go, say, the three versus three, okay? But when you start going four, five, six, seven, eight, even, Houston's a lot better. And not only that... Well, they put th- seven guys max. But anyways, go on. Well, I'm just saying. And not only that, I think that it was more Golden State's doing. They let the, they started off games badly. Uh, they didn't look interested in like the first halves of the games, and they were just 
making bad decisions, games they were losing, more turnovers. I think they're the issue more. They're, they're not as good as they were last year. They're just sloppy. They've always been sloppy, even last year. But, yeah, they're still sloppy. So, if, if I can just chime in here, I, I think there's a couple of things, actually. I agree. The, the Cleveland trio last year was, was be, is better than the Houston trio. But, first of all, I, I do believe that um, that Kyrie um, – he wasn't like a hundred percent in it, really. I feel like he kind of already felt like he had a foot out the door, so that might have played a bit of it. I do find that the way Houston sort of plays, sort of, uh, is a better matchup against Golden State. The way that they, first of all, the way they played on defense, really, which was super surprising, obviously, but the, the way they were playing defense was was very very uh, competitive against against uh, Houston. I thought that they had matchup good matchups everywhere. And yeah, but that uh, third quarter of game four, right? But anyways, go on. Yeah, and then my final point was just gonna be just the, the three point uh ability. I mean, there's those those three, but you know, Ariza was for the most most part of the series was hitting three. Someone PG Tucker was hitting three. Um you know, what's the have? He only played seven guys, so Gordon off the bench. Who am I missing you? Uh they played oh, uh, Joe Johnson a little. Well, game seven, yeah. But Gerald Green, uh, he was in the threes. You know, who does Houston have that uh, Cleveland, sorry, have? Like, Tristan Thompson can't do that. JR. Uh, JR Smith, Smith could do that. Last year, he I could get. Kyle Corver is one of, like, historically one of the best three point shooters in this and ever. I mean, what That's more true. do you guys want? Richard Jefferson's a decent player when he was out there last year. That's true. I mean, Fuck, they had players, dude. Channing Fry could hit the three, man. They were no, they were a garbage. I player. think they had Iman Sh- Iman Shumpert last year. Iman Shumpert, he's a defensive guy. Yeah, building right, walls and shit with the bricks. Yeah. Are you guys thinking Kyrie, LeBron, Love, or Durant, Steph, and Clay? Or who? Durant, Steph, and Clay. What do you think? <laughs> Obviously, Durant. I would Steph think Durant. <laughs> Are you being serious? I don't know. LeBron for me, LeBron is miles ahead of uh, ahead of Durant, if you ask me. Yeah. Okay. Well. basketball, the best player trumps all usually. And who's the second best player? Durant. Who's the third? Are you taking Kyrie or Steph? A lot of people take Kyrie. I take Steph. But I take Steph. I think Steph, but it's pretty close. Like, Kyrie's, like, pretty spectacular. Yeah, I, I think it's Steph. So, second – I mean, it's close. You're, you're, I get what you're saying. It's close. And then it's basically, uh, you know, you, I'll go Steph, then it'll be Kyrie. So, Cleveland has one and four. Golden State has two and three. And then the, f- the fifth is Clay, obviously. Then, and then, then it's Draymond. And then it's Draymond. <laughs> Right. And then it's no, Draymond, and then it's Kevin Love, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Because Draymond is probably better than Kevin Love or brings more to the table than Kevin He's Love. He's a lot more valuable well, Draymond, right now. Come on. <laughs> Come on. If they were both in the trade market, who is, who's going to get more for you? Draymond, obviously. Yeah. Kevin Love at this yeah. point is almost like going to be a salary dump, but... <laughs> yeah, but LeBron's a power forward killer, man, honestly, because he's a point forward. Like, he's a power point guard. You know, he's a power guard. So... He takes. He, I find like he he ruined Chris Bosh's game too, right? It's just not a good fit. A strong power forward is not for LeBron. Well, regardless if that's the case or not, the reality is that he is playing with LeBron, so 
Yeah, well, how yeah. else are we going to judge him? We're going to say, oh, maybe he'll revert back to his Minnesota ways. We don't know that, right? Yeah, but as a one, we've seen him drop average like 25 and 12, right? Whereas Draymond Green won't average 20 points ever. I think I get your point. But... Not now, but before before he, things started going bad for him, like shooting-wise, I think there was a window where if Draymond Green was on a crappy team, he could average 20 points. On a crappy team, All right. not anymore because he can't shoot anymore. Ever, but anyways, the point was trios. I was just because I was listening to who was it talking the herd, and they were talking about how he's such an underdog all the time. LeBron's like, "Fuck, you're the best player in the world, dude. Like, has no one's better than you. You should be able to overcome some of those." I heard, I heard the uh, cowherd's hot take today that uh, LeBron should take the year off next year. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He said he should just take a break. <laughs> I don't know. He was saying that he should just take a year off and relax, pick his team the year after, just wait for Golden State to, to like, uh, self-destruct and rest his, uh, his older <laughs> body. No, he, he led the league in, in, in minutes at 33 years old. Like, and I heard where he led the league in minutes and by like 500 minutes or something or something crazy. No, that's now, right? That's now. Oh, that's what the playoffs included. Yeah. That's crazy. What's this going on? Somebody's like uh, loading up their gun or something. I'm hearing all kinds of noise yeah. coming. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. You should have done that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we covered off uh, the basketball, well, especially the. Uh, the playoff situation, the final situation. One last thought I wanted to get to. Uh, you guys heard the news about our boy uh, Brian Colangelo? Yeah, I just saw that it's his wife apparently that uh, had the burner accounts. Is that what happened? I just saw that. I just saw on Twitter that they uh, that they found out that the person who has that uh, one of those IDs or two of those IDs, um, the number associated with it ends in nine one, which is the same, which is his wife also has nine one as the last cell phone number from an email that they took that she had sent out uh, for some event or something. Okay, so, yeah, but that, I think it's his account. Like he's tweeting on it though. Maybe he's gonna lay the blame on his wife now. Maybe open it on his wife's phone. But... Like, have you seen the tweets? Like Peyton Manning, he's taking a book, a page out of Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all mine. It's my wife's steroids, uh, guys. Uh, uh, my my wife was on the laptop earlier. Uh. Yeah, because uh, have you seen some of the tweets? What he was saying He's like calling out Embiid. He's like destroying Hinky. He's like uh, destroying Masai in Toronto and shit. That's like not his wife. He's like saying personal things about the players, uh, Jahil Okafor feeling like uh, physicals and stuff. I mean, it could be his wife, but well, why the fuck would he do that? Like, why would he do that? I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. Why would I waste my time doing that? It doesn't make any well. Why sense. does KD have burner accounts? Yeah, but KD you know? has way more time than this guy. You know? I don't know, man. <laughs> I hope this guy sticks around. I really hope they don't fire him because I think he's like a bad president and GM. I think that's the only, like, that's their only weakness Philly right now. We need him in there so they don't dominate the league for the next 10 years. Make him make stupid <laughs> things like trade away their picks so they could draft Marco Fultz instead of uh, Jason Tatum and stuff. <laughs> well, they just uh, extended uh, what's his name? Brett Brown. Yeah, uh, maybe that's like the last thing he officially does, so I don't know how that's going to work out for him. He was even like criticizing Brett Brown in the tweets. 
He said that he. Well, uh, he said he would trade the. He would trade the process. He would trade Embiid for Porzingis. That's a smart player. He said not like Embiid. <laughs> like crazy. That's, that's why some of these don't make sense. But some of the others, it's almost like as if he was using it or his wife was using the burner accounts to like say the things that are on his mind that he knew he couldn't say. Like I think one of the things I saw was about um, Embiid going to a concert with his shirt off dancing. Meek Mill, yeah, the Meek Mill concert, yeah. Yeah, so like you know, like he probably say that he can't say that as a G. Annoyed him that he was doing that, but you know, if he uses his Twitter account, maybe it's sort of influencing some of those thoughts. I don't know. You guys think Michael Jordan would have burner uh, Twitter accounts if he was playing now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> serious question. Serious question. I think he possibly would actually. He seems he, like the type of guy that would. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I, I could see that. <laughs> well, well, they said he was always up all night, but you can't be on Twitter and fucking uh, playing blackjack at the same time. It's a tough game. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough not game. as if he was counting cards and shit. He was like losing a bundle each time he went. <laughs> <laughs> and the immortal words of uh, Charles Barkley, it's only a problem when you can't afford it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you guys see, uh, speaking of Meek Mill, they were rapping in the locker room like Cleveland after they won, like that parking lot song from Meek Mill? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you see Ty Lue going off on his suit rapping with everybody? Well, like he's not that old. <laughs> like Ty Lue is like my age, right? So I would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going off, bro. He was throwing gang signs and everything in there. Yeah, so dude, like the guy represents Suwu fucking blood, man. Steve <laughs> <laughs> Kerr better watch out. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. And then they were singing. They were uh, Golden State was uh, on a bus or a plane or something. They were trolling uh, Usher. They were singing Usher songs because yeah. Usher is like a minority owner. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be like some good shit that happens. Maybe the series is going to be out of hand, but something's going to happen. Like things are going to keep us interested, right? Warriors are going to win by like 20 almost every game, honestly. I don't see it being that close. And you know what? We have to give credit to Steve Kerr because we're bashing him. I've been bashing him pretty hard, yes. Uh, he, played, he he did a good job game six and seven. And he went to the Haka Capella in game seven. That was smart. Yeah, you know what? I had that in my notes of what I was going to talk about. Uh, yeah, that was like a big country. No, honestly, I'm not being a facetious. That was actually like a, a good coaching tactic what he did there. Yeah, yeah, no, he did a good job. And even, like, he put the ball in Steph's hand for the second half of both games, and it was smart, especially game seven. Yeah. Steph needs the ball in his hands. This team is better when Steph moves it around, and then you could ISO Clay. I mean, KD. You can ISO – it's easier to ISO KD once Steph gets going because then everyone's on their heels. Like, they don't know what to do when Steph's going off. So And Clay. So, But Clay really feeds off Steph, like, big time. Clay what? He feeds off Steph's energy like big time. Like you feel yeah, it. Man. I don't know. Man. I think yeah, they, all, I find they, all, they all feed off like Draymond loves it. Like uh, <laughs> even KD. I like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's game seven. He's like reserved. He's like scared of the moment. And then it's sort of Steph kind of getting it going, sort of loosening him up, and then he started sort of doing his own thing. A little bit easier to have a, have a little confidence. So. That 28 footer that 
bank, man. Fuck, that was ridiculous, KD. Oh yeah, yeah that oh. was that, that was really sick. That was ridiculous, dude. Like, how are you supposed to stop that, man? It's fucking stupid. Seven footer with a little jerk, herky jerk move with his left, and then he pulls up from twenty eight. Come on, man. it's crazy that uh, they have so much talent on that team. Like a Godala is not even going to be dressed for game one, and they're still going to be like, well, how, how, what are they, like 12-point favorites? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I really want, like, what I want, like, if the Golden State's going to win, I want Steph to win MVP this year. I don't, I don't want to go back to, like, talking about it, Steph finals MVP, but he should have won it that first year, so, but whatever. <laughs> no. The guy didn't even get a vote. What a fucking joke, dude, honestly. Oh yeah, but if he gets, I actually, you know what? Screw that. I don't want Steph to win it. I want Clay to win it, and like take the MVP award to China in the summer and like fucking dance with it. <laughs> Just go crazy with it. <laughs> China Clay. China Clay. Yeah, China Clay is the best Clay. Yeah, Clay is like officially my favorite non-Nick player. He's like the goat. <laughs> I thought it was Draymond, so now it's Draymond and Clay. Uh, yeah, I got the warrior thing going. I know, but Clay has really surpassed Draymond. Big fan. Uh, I said because of his awkwardness. Yeah, it's his awkwardness exactly. It's like he just like you saw that uh, that gif I posted when he just like popped up on screen when they were like holding the uh, the Western Conference championship. He just like comes out of nowhere. Watch that live, actually. It was cracking. I was cracking up when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, so awkward. Apparently, like, even when they won, they were all, like, walking to the locker room. And he took, like, a different route. He went to, like, the Houston Rockets, like, luxury rooms and stuff. The luxury uh, lodges. <laughs> and he came out because he said he likes Harry Potter and he wanted to explore or something. He's, like, really weird. Who? Clay. Uh, who are you talking about right now? Eh? Clay. <laughs> Yeah, he's a big uh, Harry Potter guy, apparently. All right, what's his name? <laughs> Fucking millennials. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I think uh, I think we just uh, pretty much covered everything. I don't know if there's anything, uh, Armin, any topic you that we haven't discussed that you want to go through, Eric? Anything you want to do, or are we good? I'm good. Yeah, let's wrap it up. We're wrapping it up. All right, yeah. all right. Hopefully the. When this drops on the iTunes, where you can subscribe, uh, rate, and uh, comment about the podcast on the Trench Life podcast. Look us up on iTunes. And I think Google Play, I think, will be up there this week for sure. Uh, hopefully, by that time, Drake will release that this on the Pusha T. <laughs> hopefully, we get that before the night's <laughs> over. Uh, all right. So, other than that, Armin, Eric, always a pleasure. We'll be back very soon. Hopefully, we could do like... Uh, I was thinking maybe for the finals, we could do like a recap, a little try to catch up like before every game or something. You guys in for that? Yeah, for sure. We should even do like a mid-finals. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. We could do something like that. Definitely going to work on a World Cup Cup preview episode. Uh, uh, All right, guys, always a pleasure. Uh, We'll talk very soon. And that's it for us. See you later, guys. Trench life.